Welcome back to the Xenia Brief Podcast. I am so excited to share with you one of my favorite people in the world, Abby Miller. Abby was one of my very first business collaborators. We have led yoga retreats together, events, and we've created digital products together. We talked a little more about our background and how we started collaborating in episode 71. So if you want to catch up on that or listen to it after this one, I highly recommend it. We talk about tuning into your intuition, productivity, and falling in love with Mondays. So today, Abby Miller is a holistic business strategist, speaker, mentor, and mama here to help you run your dream business on purpose. After over a decade as a yoga teacher turned productivity preacher, she founded Biz Babes Unite, a magical force of business queens dodging burnout and getting good stuff done. Her work went global with travel from Greece to Morocco to Norway, and in 2022, she unveiled the crown jewel that is Workwomb, a glowing and growing international community of babes approaching work and life from a sacred and intuitive place of connection. This episode is a beautiful exploration of managing your energy in your business, the art of believing in yourself and having the courage to invest in your business and in yourself and in experiences that don't even directly seem to be related to your business, but really do end up nourishing everything that you create through the vehicle of your business. Abby shares about the tension between motherhood and business and why she created Mom Club following what feels alive in your business. And also we do get a glimpse of Abby's journey from performance art to yoga, nutrition, and to holistic business coaching, and how she thinks about all of these business pivots, how she looks at branding, the energetics of social media, and the importance of building kindness and compassion into your business. Abby is such a wealth of resources and information and motivation. She's the person I go to for clean beauty recommendations, for clean clothing and home recommendations. She has introduced me to Capello's Paleo Cookie Dough, which I am obsessed with and my husband Eric is obsessed with and everybody I've introduced it to is now obsessed with. She's also recently introduced me to this lash serum that actually made my lashes about double the size. I recently met Abby in person in Austin, and I thought, honestly, she was wearing fake eyelashes, and she wasn't. It was all that serum. I can't remember the name of it now, but I will find the link, and I will put in the show notes on kseniabrief.com or wherever you're listening to the podcast in the description. Enjoy this beautiful conversation with Abby, and I can't wait to see what you're taking away And also within it, you'll get a sense of some shifts and expansion that I'm moving through in my business. Some of the things that I'm holding the space for, there are a few super exciting things brewing in the back. And so I will be sharing that as I'm ready. Very, very, very excited and honored and grateful to share this space of growth and pivots with you. And just to give you a little hint, there will be a changing visual representation of the podcast in the world. So if at some point you open up your podcast app and it's a totally different image, it's all intentional. All right. Enjoy this conversation with Abby Miller. Share your takeaways with us. Tag at workroom and at Xenia.brief. And may you have the most expansive week in which you remember 
your own power and your own magic. Abby Miller, my friend, my co-creator, welcome back to my podcast. Last time we spoke in this space was three years ago and so many things have shifted in your bio, in your home. You got married, you got a baby, you launched so many exciting things. And I'm just so excited to connect with you as someone who has had one of the most interesting and dedicated and creative entrepreneurial journeys that I've ever heard. So welcome to this space. Thank you, my love. That is such an honor coming from you. And I love you. Excited to chat. Let's do this. So I heard that you are just coming out of a retreat, which you didn't want to tell me about off the record so that we can share it with everybody here. Yeah. Well, I just found this amazing community in Austin called Nest and Bowl. And they're Ayurvedic postpartum doulas and healers and ceremonialists and ministers. And they like have 800 credentials and titles and all these things. But I just went to a mama retreat and it was just so amazing. And our conversation today obviously is focusing on work and entrepreneurial endeavors. And the conference or the retreat was focused on motherhood. And I was just noticing all of these overlaps. I mean, I'm always noticing the overlaps between or just the parallels of what it's like to start a biz and raise a biz and what it's like to have a baby and raise a baby and that you're never done with either. <laughs> They're like always shape-shifting. And one of the biggest things that has, is really like hitting me right now is like my our manifesto at work womb, my business, is that we know we can do it all. We also know that we weren't meant to do it all alone and that this is a together kind of thing. And I felt that so deeply on this retreat. And something Kate, one of the leaders, kept saying was like, what you're feeling is normal. This desire for community, this desire to give your grief to the land, to burn it in the fire, to like be seen and held, this is normal. Like we have been missing this as a society. Um, and we've been missing it for a long time, but we've definitely been missing it, obviously, in pandemic times. And I don't know, I'm still putting words to it. I'm still kind of like, absorbing all of the medicine and the messages of the retreat but i just oh it was it was very medicinal and i keep thinking about that as someone who leads masterminds and i run something called mom club which i'm sure we'll talk about everything that i am creating is like community 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 together 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 and it just like feels so much better <laughs> than whatever the alternative is yeah, that topic feels so present, the experiences and the nourishment. And yes, in the entrepreneurial community, because it tends to be lonely, but also I feel like in any community. What I've been thinking about is when we sign up for a program or a retreat or coaching or mentorship, whatever it is that calls us, our brain thinks that we're signing up for a reason of X, Y, Z, we're going to learn this, we're going to get this, you know, we're going to grow in these ways. But in my experience, I always end up growing in ways I could have not even imagined and learning things I didn't even know existed. And it's truly about the experience of being in the presence of the person, the material, whatever it is that my soul called me to, and then who I become in the process. And I recently signed up for a group program that I'll be talking more about in the podcast at a later time, but it's been really changing everything for me. Just being in community, in conversation about something that is so important to me every single day and surrounded by people who are just as driven as me 
just that alone changes everything. Like there's a space where I can bounce my ideas off, where I can be in these elevated conversations and this expanded vision and surrounded by people, a lot of them who have accomplished a lot more than me in certain areas of their business. And now that I've invested into this, which was one of the biggest investments I've ever made in my business, I'm starting to see all these other opportunities. There's like a psychedelic coaching certification program. As soon as I read it and I saw who's teaching it, there's a few people who have been on the podcast who are teaching it. And there's also an in-person Costa Rica retreat at the end. I'm like, yes, this is, I want this, you know, and I'm not looking anymore about what's exactly included in it. But how does my soul feel when I land on this page? And what is it that speaks to me and what is possible? And I truly think that's the power of community. And that's exactly what everything you've always been doing has been about from leading in-person retreats all around the world to being a yoga teacher. And now it's shifted into a slightly different format and a slightly different sales page. But essentially, it's still committed to the same vision of community. You know what I think is really different for me? It's the behind the scenes. Because outwardly, I've always been... My first company in my early 20s was I was an international adventure company. I mean, I co-founded an international adventure company. So I was leading people you know, to Australia and Argentina and all of this, and then moving on to yoga retreats. But I was always facilitating. And I'm sure you can relate to this as someone who's like very self-sufficient and like very driven. And I move very quickly. I'm like very intuitive. When I feel it, I go for it. I don't always wait for help or like... I definitely don't wait for permission, which I think is a very good... (laughs) You know, We need that as entrepreneurs. But I realized I actually did kind of think I could do it all alone. I was facilitating others to be in community in their yoga practice, in their adventure, in their healing, in their nourishment, etc., etc., in their biz journey. But I wasn't fully getting that myself. And I think that is the biggest change in the activation of motherhood. Like... (laughs) At the retreat, I was saying, they're like, what's your intention this week and or today? And I just said, I'm coming out. I'm coming out as... This is my coming out as a mother. And the maiden, she died. You can't talk to her. And the mother is born. And I am... You know, the criteria to be in my orbit has changed. The criteria for friendship has changed. I've had a lot of grief around that. And also just recognizing like, there, I'm a new person. And the mother knows that she needs the village. Like, it's not a want, it's a need. There are days I don't want the village, but I need it. And there's tension in that, there's pain in that. And you have to surrender, you know? And I think that that activation has totally been a growing pain. Like, emphasis and underline, highlight, bold the pain, <laughs> the growing pain. But what's on the other side of that is that I now have this like really big team that I didn't used to have. Because I know I cannot do it all alone. When I think 25-year-old Abby was like, oh, I'll just stay up till you know 2 a.m. working on spreadsheets and researching stuff. And you know, some of that is just startup energy and like age that you kind of can do that, right? But now it's really been about getting the support I need. And so that not only can I embody that and hopefully inspire others to assemble their help helpers, their village, their community, but it can it can be Wow, it's just like so what I need. And and I recognize what you're saying, like just even getting in the room, like masterminds or retreats or whatever, getting in the room with people who are thinking big thoughts, dreaming big dreams, like who are in a place of 
optimism or ambition or all of this. It's like, we will never know. We will know. We will know in five or 10 years, we, we actually can look at the ROI. We actually can be like, Oh my gosh, I just got all these things. Like I'm reading Rachel Rogers, her book, we should all be millionaires. And have you read that one? No, I've not heard about it. Oh, it's, it's a fun read. And she talks about like the actual ROI of, you know, a mastermind she did. And she's like, I got this person referred me to clients. This person did this, like this person let me stay in their house. And ultimately I ended up moving to their town because I fell in love with their town, like literally tracing this, whatever, five, $10,000 investment to all of these specific things. And I am so with you. Like, you know, we're talking about community. We're talking about investing in your biz and following your gut. And I think, yeah, we just don't know. And I'm like, I'm not as a biz coach and biz mentor. I'm not the one that's like, we need to map out every ROI. It's like, no, what does your gut feel? Like you're saying you're drawn, you know how you feel when you're looking at a sales page when it's a hell yeah. And you are going to show up differently when it's a hell yeah. And magic, like you're going to, there's going to be magic. There's going to be connections. There's like when you show up in that kind of openness. And ultimately the reason I'm talking about all of this is that when I get the support I need, I show up differently in all the spaces. There's two big portals that you opened up and I'll let you choose whichever one you want to travel to first. The first one is the activation of becoming a mother and what that brings. And the second one is taking your business seriously and building a team. It's interesting that you say that now it's a whole other level of that because I've always seen you and experienced you as someone who is so brave around seeing your business as a serious entity and investing in it. Like way before you had online products, you already always had someone doing your graphic design, helping you with events. I've always seen you as someone who is just so good at outsourcing. And I think one of the one of the reasons for that is your faith in your business and that courage to take your business seriously. It's not like something, oh, if it works out, but it's like, I am investing in it. And when there's that energy of you investing in it, then others see the possibility of investing in it as well because they feel the value and the trust that you have in the value that you offer. Yeah. Thanks for that reflection. You know, so my background in my 20s, I was an actress as in my teens and 20s. And I remember I had an acting coach in New York City who, you know, I'd go, I'd go in for a part and he would say, do you think you're going to get it? And I would say, sometimes I would say, I don't know, I think I'm a little young, or I think they want someone really tall, or I think they want someone who's da da da. And, and sometimes I would say, Oh, my God, this part, like, I was made for this part, you know. And, and I remember him saying, if you don't believe you're gonna get it, the casting director is definitely not gonna believe you're right. Like, if you don't believe you're right, the casting director is definitely not gonna believe you're right. Even if they're saying they want a tall blonde, and you're a short brunette, if you believe in your gut, okay, wait, you guys need to rewrite the script because I was made for this part. They're going to consider you in a way that if you show up and you're like, oh God, you want a tall blonde and I'm a short brunette. and like, why am I even here? I'm wasting your time. Like literally he was talking about the energetics of belief. And like, I have goosebumps even remembering that. And I think, you know, while my acting days are, are gone, so much of what I learned was yes, literally the art of self-promotion, the art of rejection, but also the art of belief. Because you have this magical opportunity as an actor to put yourself out there every damn day. Like in New York, I would go to some, there are some days I go to three auditions in a day, you know? I mean, you're like, just like constantly like 
opening a door and saying, can I walk through? Can I walk through? You know, and you like in order to even have the energy to do that, you have to believe it's possible. And so I don't know, I can't really say it's like a conscious thing I do in my biz. I think I would be lying if I said it was something that I like did. I think it's just as my work has evolved, I think I'm someone who's always like followed the fun, follow, followed what feels right. And I think with that comes the belief. Like I could talk about, you know, I ran a, uh, I was an actress for 10, 15 years and then I ran a holistic nutrition and yoga biz. And yeah, I, I kind of figured that out. Like I finally had a wait list. My retreats sold out in 24, 48 hours. Like I could have kept doing that, right? As a biz coach, now I can see how I had kind of figured it out, so to speak. But there became a point in which I was not turned off by that, but really pulled to something that felt even truer. And I don't know, it's just like how I am. I can't even, again, I can't even claim that it was like some strategy. It was just like a natural thing. Like, well, I have to do this thing that feels even more real. And I think it's like that that Howard Thurman quote, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I don't know. I have parents who encouraged that, who encouraged me to, you know, find what felt alive. And so I think my business is, is by an extension of me, you know, my business has, has that similar energy. Let's bookmark the mom activation. I feel like we will naturally go there and speak about workroom as well. But what you're speaking to now is I would love to go a little bit more into this following what feels alive and letting go previous versions of your business, previous versions of yourself, take us on a little journey of your career, how it's unfolded, what led you to where you are today, and some of the key pivotal moments, particularly curious what you had to let go of and what you had to burn to make space for the next to arise. Oh, well, I started working pretty young. Like I at age eight, I fell in love with acting. I fell in love with musical theater. I fell in love with dance. I fell in love with singing. And I was like, like again, whole body, yes, this is what I want to do. As soon as I understood what Broadway was, I remember being like nine years old and learning what Broadway was and being like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. And so at 14, I got an agent. I was working professionally in local, in Kansas City, doing local theater and local commercials. And moved to New York City when I was 19. And I had parents that kind of talked me out of college. Obviously, I was looking at the performing arts, not surgery. So given my path, a degree is not a requirement, although they are lovely things. But the reality was I was I wanted to go to Juilliard. I wanted to go to like NYU. I wanted to go to very expensive schools that, you know, in an industry that has, I mean, well, <laughs> any probably anyone knows, you don't have a high employment rate, right? And so I remember sitting down with my parents and I remember my dad saying, why don't you, why don't you just move? Why don't you go, go, you know, cause I'd already been working. I already had an agent. I already knew the ropes. And he said, why don't you just go try it out? Go audition for Broadway shows. Give yourself like, you know, six months a year, go sw- see if you can swim with the big fish. And if you can, great. You'll never look back. And if you can't for some reason, then, def- you know, you'll defer a year and you can go to college the next year. And I did that. You know, I kind of piecemealed my own, my own education. Like you, I took 
music theory at Juilliard and I did all these night classes, but I don't have a degree from Juilliard, you know, but I was able to study with the same professors for like a fraction of the price. So it was very like self-directed in my education and career and, you know, uh, worked a lot in New York and I got a international Broadway tour when I was 19. And it was so weird because it was something I had worked for, for, you know, 10 or 11 years. And on paper, it was very sparkly and making the most I've ever made. I'm being flown around the world. It was a Southeast Asian tour and it was really hard. It was kind of that, man, that, what is that Jim, Jim Carrey quote where he said, he said something about millionaires. Like, I wish everyone could become a millionaire to find that it's not about the money. Like life is not about the money. And I think, you know, I, I, while I was not a millionaire, I, I think my version of that was, I, I wish everyone could really get their biggest dream because often you find it's not about, it's, it's truly not about the destination. It's about the journey. And so I, I got there, right? Like on paper, I got there and I was so unhappy. And it was a pretty like kind of toxic sort of culture. And I had just really con- reconnected with yoga at that point. And I remember being on tour in Korea and like everybody would go out partying after a show and I would go to our closet of our hotel room because it was the only place I could be alone and like hit play on my like Rodney yoga DVD. And I was like doing yoga in this tiny closet. Like I, my soul was like really drawn to yoga. Um, but here I was performing. So fast forward, I was like, I got to get out of this contract. And they, it was crazy, you know, the contract, they can sue you if you quit, like all these crazy things that you're really stuck. And I, we were flying back to Malaysia and our flight actually had to make emergency landing. And because of that, we were a day late. And so anyway, long story short, instead of having a day to get over jet lag and get settled, we literally land on the second flight and go straight to the theater for opening night. And I walk across the stage in the first scene and my ankle just gave out, just like, just rolled. I still to this day don't know what happened. I wasn't dancing. I was wearing flats and I had to be like whisked off stage. My costume had to be cut off me. I had to be, you know, driven to the ER. And we still don't know because I didn't, we didn't share a common language. So my ankle was so fat. I took all these mysterious drugs and just like lived in a tiny hotel room in Kuala Lumpur, um, watching foreign television and waiting to get better. And I remember thinking, surely they're going to fire me. I can't walk. I'm in a, I'm in Greece, the musical. It's all about singing and dancing and they wouldn't fire me. They had me sit in the wings in a wheelchair and sing on a mic, sing all my parts in a microphone. And I remember thinking, this is hell. And, it, and several people in the cast thought I was like faking it. I'm like, look at how blue my ankle is. I'm not faking it. I'm a dancer. I want to dance. Why would I want to sit in the wings? And I remember calling my parents and thinking, I can't believe they're not going to fire me. This is insane. They're not going to replace me. And I remember thinking, I just like, I can't stay. I might, it might actually be worth the money to quit. And the next morning I woke up and I had all this jaw pain. I was like, what is going on? My face is so sore. I was starting to get swollen on my jaw. Turns out I was getting my wisdom teeth and they were abscessed and impacted. So it was so painful to have a face, let alone to sing. And so here I am like icing my face singing. And it was just, you know, like now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, my body is on my freaking side. My body was like, girl, I got you. They still didn't fire me. Fun fact. 
a week later, our company manager gathered us and said the tour has been canceled. Some negotiations went south. We were supposed to go to China and, and they actually canceled it. And a week later, we were sent home. So that was a wild journey. But I, I share that because, well, because it's what happened. And also just this theme in my life of when I know what I need and I can't ask for it for whatever reason, I believe I can't. I don't think there's an obvious way to ask for it. Just this like, you can't, you can't disconnect the mind body, right? They're like totally connected. My body was like, I got to, I got to help a sister out. Um, so from there, I, you know, I flew back home and got an emergency root connect or a, a wisdom teeth pulled and all the things. And I remember I like buzzed my head and pierced my lip. And I was like, I'm not going to shave. I'm not wearing makeup. No one can tell me what I, what to do. You know, at that time you have to call your agent if you want to like dye your hair, you know, and just felt very, um, not my own. So you made sure you're unhirable for the traditional jobs. <laughs> What's funny is I ended up getting, I ended up getting called in for Christmas Carol. And I was like, okay, well, I have a lip ring and short hair. So I took the lip ring out and they wigged me. So I actually did a couple more shows after the tour, which kind of softened my disdain for the industry. I was like, okay, there are really good people in this industry. I still don't think the culture is for me. Ultimately, I love the work, but the lifestyle is not, it's not what I want. So I ended up moving to Chicago for like a year, just thinking, oh, I can go do some yoga and hang out in a city that's like New York, but not New York (laughs) and kind of struggled. I I nannied and, you know, went from touring the world to nannying for $12 an hour and work studying. And, and then I found that one of my favorite teachers in New York city was teaching yoga in San Francisco and running her training out there. This was laughing Lotus. So I just jumped on the chance. So moved to New York, moved to San Francisco and thinking I would study with her for four months and then head back to Chicago and just fell in love with SF. So ended up staying there and obviously teaching at uh, Academy of Art University, uh, which is where Ksenia and I met. That's right. And yeah, so had a whole journey from there of teaching yoga, ended up going back to Kansas City where my family's from to support family through some stuff and going back to school to IAN studying nutrition and then really kind of rounded all rounded it all out like I run a wellness brand this is like tied in a really clear bow this is awesome I teach and facilitate holistic nutrition and yoga retreats and did that for 10 years and then I started noticing people asking me questions about business Right. Fellow friends in, you know, in the performing arts, healers, et cetera, asking me, how'd you get your website? How'd you get your logo? And thank you for your reflection around design and getting support. And I think that, uh, it's helpful to hear that. I don't always see, see that in my early days, but I think people did notice it and wanted to kind of know what software are you using for this thing? How are you scheduling? How are you not burning out? How are you making a living traveling the world? And I remember one night being with my husband, my then boyfriend in England and saying to him, I swear I'm getting more inquiries about business than I am about nutrition and yoga. And I was like, I should be a business coach. Ha ha ha. And the next day I got two emails from a dear friend, my friend Kelsey, who was owned a yoga studio in Oslo at the time saying, do you mentor yoga teachers? I, I run a studio. Do you do business coaching? And I said, yes, I do. And truly overnight, added a page to my website, business coaching, added rates, and the rest is history. I mean, truly that, that, again, this wasn't about quitting something. It was about being pulled to something else. 
And so from there, really organically started supporting, I think primarily initially, it was a lot of yogis, artists, and healers. And now my work has evolved to, to support entrepreneurs in all different industries. I tend to work a lot with service-based babes. I do have some product-based businesses, but I would say my zone of genius or, or experience is definitely service-based businesses. So yeah, has totally grown from there to, as you know, leading, co-facilitating BizBabe conferences, if you want to speak to that, you know that stop in the journey. Yeah, that's the phase where we co-created quite a bit. Yeah, really magical. Yeah, you were a huge part in... You were a huge catalyst, Ksenia, in fueling my belief, you know? Like I was thinking about that, just how much you supported me and connected me with press opportunities and just connecting me with really cool humans. And I feel like you always... Whatever, whatever I was doing and continue to do, I feel like you're always like, yes, you're my yes girl. <laughs> yeah. Whenever someone is in my orbit, it's quite intentional. And it's because, I mean, I, I'd like to believe that I tend to see the best in people and their potential and not their limitations. But once you're in my closed circle, it's like, girl, I'm going to cheer you on. <laughs> and when I see something that comes through for me that I know is not meant for me and is meant for you, or I just see something out there that I think would be an opportunity. It's such a joy to be that connector. Our common friend Jasmine in my life is one of the most incredible connectors I've ever met. She's always cheering people on and I aspire to be at least like 10% <laughs> like Jasmine Jenkins in this area. But it's been so fun. I remember it started with you sending me a seemingly random Facebook message telling me that you got into this holistic food program. And then we just got on Skype. And then a few months later, we were leading a retreat in Nicaragua. I had just finished my yoga teacher training. I was in meditation teacher training. And you were such a leader for me to look up to in how you held space and how you taught classes and how you got groups of people together. And from there, we've led conferences together and did online events together and in-person events and released digital products together, which I think it was my first after the Breakfast Criminals recipe book. I think that was the first like businessy type of digital product I'd ever created. And we actually over the years made quite a bit of money, you know, sharing about productivity and social media and storytelling. What else was in the BizBabe workbooks? Because I still keep getting messages about it, how it changed people's lives. Yeah. Um, how to launch, how to sell out an event. So, uh, obviously, you had a whole social... So there were five books in the bundle. Um, and one of them, of course, is on social media. That was your definitely your baby. So from there, you know, looking at the show notes from the 2019 show, which was also so powerful. And if you're vibing with Abby, go and listen to that one. There's so much magic in it. Back then. You know, we're talking about your income streams as a holistic business coach, how to become a morning person. <laughs> What's it like to grow up on schooling? I definitely was not a mom yet. <laughs> and also, you, exactly. And also you shared how intuition led you to Sam, which is an amazing story that everybody oh. who's especially looking to magnetize your person into your life, listen to it. It's so fun. And Sam is my now husband. That's right. And we were there for your wedding party. I remember, Eric, I think Eric played the banjo or the guitar or something like that, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I forget the instrument, but he definitely sang. He like improv a song. So, and then you also spoke quite a bit about 
moon cycles. And now there's been a shift to mom cycles. And I've just been <laughs> so amazed to witness how, just how productive you are. You know, I want to also talk about content and how you even have the time and the space to create content, to come up with ideas. But what was that transition from being a holistic business coach to becoming workroom? Both your own journey, what led you to that, but also on the brand side, it's been such a beautiful transition and your website is just so beautiful and it's so simple and it's so to the point and yet it's so beautiful. It's like such an energetically potent invitation into that world. Well, it's all connected to motherhood because LOL, I should listen to the 2019 podcast because I'd probably have some laughs. laughs. I, and by laughs, I mean the maiden is dead, right? The mother is born. So I'd probably have some laughs about the maiden um, because yes, thank you for the reflection on my website. I think that again, this true growing pain and activation of motherhood has been the reality of yes, discernment changes when you have kiddos and also just relationship with time. I think that has been one of the hardest elements of motherhood for me as someone who's like an Enneagram three. And I really, really like my work. I really like it. And someone who definitely historically had a propensity for overworking and then now having to underwork. Like literally that is my reality. And again, bringing on a support team. And I think that as I reemerged after maternity leave, I, you know, kind of resumed one-on-one business coaching and mastermind circles that I run. And again, I had this pull to like greater alignment, greater alignment, greater alignment. And I remember one day in a particularly hard day, my, my baby was just going through a leap and a developmental leap and nursing, you know, around the clock. I was, I was literally lucky if I slept 90 minutes a night. It was so so fucking hard. There's a reason that sleep deprivation is a form of torture. I mean, it's, it truly is so hard. I know anyone out there who's struggled with it knows. And there was one night I was, I was laying and nursing my daughter at three in the morning. And I just was like, Abby Miller holistic is not aligned anymore. I am moving towards changing my last name to match my husband. There's that. Yes. But also this is not it's not the Abby show. Like it was truly me recognizing this is about, this is about the community. This is absolutely about the community and, and really moving from a me to a we, like that was my very clear message and recognizing that yes, my work as a biz strategist, I do a lot of one-on-one work with business owners. And I really think that the magic that my work does is connect people. I really do. I think it is about the community. So Anyway, I was nursing her at three in the morning and work womb came to me. It just came to me. It was like a download. That's my business name. I went, I like, you know, three in the morning, I pulled my computer. The domain is available. The Instagram handle is available. I was like, all right, go daddy, go mama. I know, right? Thank you. GoDaddy.com, three in the morning. So that was it. I mean, truly, I was like, there we go. You have it. And everything, I'm very like clear, um, cognizant in how I work. If I try to like pro con list something or like, I'm going to just write it all out. Like for certain things that's helpful, but for something like a creative vision, you just can't, you can't force the muse, you know, like it truly was this. Yeah. Claire cognizant, just like, boom, this is it. Thank you. Got the message moving on. 
So that was it. And then from there, I worked with this amazing copywriter, Danielle Kreeft, happy to share links. Um, and she is a copywriter, but in a lot of ways, she really helped me shape the brand. Um, also Grace Blacksea, um, a lovely, lovely business coach who runs the Quench Collective also helped me really shape work wombs ethos um, and, and really kind of pull the jewels out, which, which are this manifesto of, of we can, you know, we know we can do it all, but we know we weren't meant to do it all and really feeling that in my bones. So yeah, so work womb was born in a lot of ways, the container for my work changed, i.e. the name and the ethos and the manifesto and the mission and all of this. And the work made a tiny baby pivot like the actual the actual work it's still you know we're still leading masterminds um, and i'm still leading mentorships and the biggest thing that i've birthed is mom club which is a community for conscious mama biz owners um we have a lot of healer like reiki tarot massage akashic like all the healers and yogis we have painters we have therapists we have choreographers we have lawyers photographers, people in all different industries. And the common thread here is that we all have a side hustle or a business that we run and we all have kiddos that we're raising. And something that I found in working with mamas, and I don't work exclusively with mamas with Workwoom, although I would say that the majority of my clients are. There's just this common theme where it's like, we don't have time to fuck around. And I think IE my website, it's like, okay, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. I like that's just the reality. And so I think that the desire in my copy, the desire in my content, the desire in everything is just like, how do like potent, potent is my word. It's like, how do we just distill the message that we need to be distilling and, you know, call in the right people? Oof, I'm feeling this, you know, one of the things that I learned in the past year, having worked with Michelle Sine is my mentor. And also Hiro Boga has come into my world who talks about the sacred art of business. Those are probably not the words she uses, but that's how I kind of energetically read it. But the idea is that your business is a being. It's an energy being and work womb truly feels like its own being. And there's something so beautiful and potent in disconnecting your business from yourself and something that I'm drawn to currently after being my business, Breakfast Criminals, for so many years, being my podcast name, and then releasing all of that, like truly coming into my own. And now there's this bubbling up deep desire to create, to birth an entity, to birth a being that will hold the container of my business so that there's, yes, there's a, a bit of a separation between me as a human, but also so that there's something that is bigger than me, something that I can calibrate to up instead of being peers with. And when you did that, made that switch with Workwoom, that's what it truly felt like. What was the experience like for you on the inside? Everything you said. Yes. I think there always felt like a little dishonesty or a little bit of a glass ceiling for me with Abby Miller Holistic around growth because I was like, it's just me. It never felt right to get help on social. It never felt right to bring in copywriting. It never felt right to like, you know, because I was such a personal brand, I I didn't feel, yeah, didn't feel right. Where work womb, it's like, oh yeah, we're all about community. Like, who who wants to help me? Who wants to help me? Who wants to join my team? Let's go, let's go. Really recognizing that this is a collective. Oh, um, yes, of course, I am the CEO, I'm the head mama, but 
it is a collective that's, that's helping me create everything, you know, and, and I, I know my zones of genius. I know my Kate Northrup calls them your vital few, you know, like kind of like the 80, 20 rule of where to really spend, spend our time. And I think, you know, to anyone listening, I think it can be tricky, right? When we move from a DIY startup energy, right? Whether you are someone who had an idea and got, you know, venture capital and are growing a biz, or you're someone who started an Etsy that's now paying your rent. There's a way in which we wear every hat. We're just like, oh, I'm the graphic designer. I'm the head of marketing. I'm the chief financial officer. I do all the damn things. And then it's this kind of cosmic joke that once you start to profit and you actually can afford to get some help, you've like already learned all the things that you need to do. So it can be a little seductive numbers wise to just keep doing it your damn self and make that money. I mean, I'll be totally transparent. There are months that my team makes more than my salary. They are making more than me. And that's a season of life that I'm in. Like I've gone from a 50, 60 hour work week to I work 20 hours, hard stop, hard stop. And I make the same money that I did working 50, 60 hours. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing with my time? So that has been, again, huge growing pain, but such a beautiful discovery in really showing up where I am needed and, and blessing and releasing everything else. And I'm not going to have a toddler forever. And I really want to be with her. You know, I, of course I could put her in daycare and work a nine hour day. I don't want to do that. And I have the privilege not to do that. I've also, as a biz strategist, I, I shape my launch calendar and my financial forecasting and all of this based on the knowledge that I work a three, three, four hour day. My prices are set based on working a three, four hour day. You know, I've had to, again, this huge shape shift and evolution since becoming a mama. And at first, you know, raising my rates used to be like, oh, am I being greedy? What's it all for? What do I base it on? And now it's like, all right, this is how many clients I can see in a week. This is, this is my needed net profit. This is my rate. Like just, there's no, there's not even a hint. Like I think my rates are too low right now. <laughs> I'm like, I need to raise them even more. So I think your, I think your why gets really fortified in motherhood, in parenthood. Um, and I just see that impacting all parts of my biz for sure. Before we continue, I want to share with you about Zencaster Creator Network, the sponsor of this episode. Have you ever bought anything after hearing an ad on a podcast? I know I have. Okay, this is really fascinating. One of my favorite podcast hosts of all time, send me a DM with your best guess if you want to find out who I'm talking about. So he ran an experiment in which he stopped doing ads on his show. The outcome blew him away because a massive amount of people asked him to bring back the ads. Turns out product recommendations is one of the reasons people love his show. They know that he only vouches for products that he personally tests and approves. That's been exactly my policy with ads on my podcast, and I've been so lucky to have incredibly aligned sponsors on this show. Here's another interesting fact. Podcast advertising is four times more effective than display ads for conversion. 67% of listeners remember brands they hear about and 63% make a purchase. If you have a brand or a product that you're ready to grow, podcast ads could be an incredible thing. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster, a longtime partner of this show, now has its own creator network that makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters with aligned content and audiences. Host-read ads, like the one you're hearing right now, are the most effective form of podcast advertising. 
Zencaster works with podcasters to help create unique to them ad spots that create brand awareness and conversion. Here's the thing, you don't need to have an enormous budget. Zencaster has been running pilots and has proven that smaller podcasts, when it's the right fit, can outperform bigger ones in a variety of verticals. If you're interested in sponsoring podcast ads for your business, and maybe even this show, go to zen.ai slash kbp. Zen.ai slash kbp, short for Xenia Brief Podcast, and fill out the contact form so that Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. It's such a powerful awareness to say, okay, my team is making more than me right now. And that feels right because the freedom you get to spend with your family, the continuation of your business, the legacy you're building, the community you're holding space for, and what you get from being that creator and the vessel for this being to continue coming through. It's so powerful. You know, I think in business, it's so easy to focus on, right? How much am I taking home? And it sounds like the priorities totally have shifted for you, probably partly for because of the reason of motherhood but also you have been in business for a long time and you've tried different things and you also have worked with a lot of people as mentees so you've seen their businesses so you're getting this like 360 view of what's possible and you can kind of pick and choose one of the beauties of being in community is being able to be like okay this is for me this is not for me this feels expansive this doesn't and you mentioned your zone of genius, knowing really well what you're good at and then outsourcing the rest. So what is your zone of genius? How do you decide what it is? And what does your team look like? What are you outsourcing? Yes, I want to I want to comment on a couple of those things. The first thing is you said, the fact that sometimes my team makes more than me and it feels right. I want to augment that and say, there are months that it's hard. There are months that I see that. And I think, dang it, I could have doubled my salary if I did it myself. But here's the story. Doing it myself is not an option right now. It's not an option for my values and my beliefs. And and again, recognizing, I think, recognizing that business is seasonal, just like farming, just like gardening, right? And we cannot always, 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 always be in harvest mode. Like that is literally not the way soil works. And it's and we are made of the earth. We are like earth beings, you know, and so expecting ourselves to always be in a state of hyper productivity, expecting us to always be in a state of harvest. It'll, what does it lead to in soil depletion? You can't, I mean, any farmer knows if all you do is harvest, the soil will, will not be fruitful. You like that, that season or um, time of where it lays fallow is literally integral to the next year's bounty. And I really see that right now. Yes, I'd love to double my salary. That would be great. Like, I want to renovate my other bathroom. There's lovely things I would love to do. I'd love to put some money away for my daughter. Of course, I have places I want my money to go. I don't want to sit here and be like, I don't care about the bottom line because I do. It's just that it's not a prize. It's not, it's not a, oh shit, what am I doing this month? It is their strategy behind it. It's like, all right, I'm in a season where I'm, you know, the thing that I'm really valuing is my time. And I'm investing in my team because that enables me to spend time with my daughter. I could do all my own social media, but then that means three more hours with, you know, of my daughter being in childcare or something like this. So, so yeah, I guess I just want to really peel that curtain back that it's not just like, Oh, it's great. Whatever. You know, I really appreciate that, you know, because instead of 
oh my gosh, what did I do wrong at the end of a month like that? It's, I made that choice and these are my values and right back into your heart. I made this conscious decision and this is what it provides. 100%. I want to share one little story. So I have a client who's in mom club and she's also been in my mastermind circles and she's an amazing um, letterpress artist and designer. And when we first started working together, she was like, I've got to get my kiddo in the right daycare. I've got to get, you know, I want to find the right Montessori. Da, da, da. We, have a, we both have a two-year-old and so that I can get back in the studio, all these things. And she was really struggling because like me, her values were really to actually spend a lot of time with her kiddo. So there was this tension of what she needed and what her soul wanted. And through coaching and support, she actually came to the realization that she was going to stay with her kid and hire more designers because very conscious and like more smaller and intimate childcare is very expensive. You know, she's like, I can spend 25 bucks an hour on childcare, or I can spend 35 bucks an hour on a designer. Like I'm going to spend 35 and spend that time with my kid. And so this is what I mean. We're like working with mamas, looking really holistically at our life and, you know, parent or not, some of us are looking at how to find time in our biz when really what we need is someone to clean our house so that that extra hour of cleaning our house, we could spend on social media or something like this, you know? And I just, it really inspired me this decision that she had because now not only is she literally bringing in great people, she's supporting them. She's paying the same money she would for childcare. She's going to spend the money regardless, but she's spending her time where she wants to. And I think money is infinite. Time is finite. Of course, there's different ways to challenge that belief, but um, I'll just say I feel comfortable saying that. Gold standard or Bitcoin? What are we talking about? Yeah, I know. I know right? I'm like, all right. In this season of motherhood, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, so anyway, I just, I just wanted to share her story because if you're someone who feels a little stuck in your biz, in your life, you don't always have to like outsource in the obvious way, right? Like, and so back to your question about zone of genius, zone of fun. So, you know, the basics of the 80-20 rule, I did not invent this, is the 80-20 rule is that 20% of your time, your energy, and your efforts generate 80% of your revenue or results, right? Depending on what we're looking at. And so the idea is, instead of spending your time doing 100% of the things in your biz, spend your time on those 20% that move the needle. And there's lots of different exercises um, that you can do. Like Kate Northrup has an exercise where really simply, you draw a line down the center of a piece of paper. And on one side, you write down all of your biz wins, all of your highlights, all of the things you feel proud of, all of the magic moments, right? You write, you know, 10 of them. And then on the left side of the paper, you write down everything you do in a week. So like all of your tasks, all of your batches, all of your projects, all of your little things, right? Like every damn thing, answering an email, reaching out to a magazine, whatever. And then you go through and you look at each of these 10 on the right side, the biz wins and you say, what was the one action that really drove this into being, right? That really, that really manifested this, that really created this. And what you'll find is it's actually not very many things. And so for me, when I did that exercise, I recognized that all of my wins, all the things that have felt so juicy and magical and generate profit and joy and all the things, they all come back to like a very short list of things. They come back to, this is going to be a total shocker, community, <laughs> i.e. communications, i.e. networking. Like it comes back to connection. Um, I kind of personally feel alert 
to the term networking. It feels a little contrived to me, but just like actual connection, which yes, it feeds my business, but it feeds me. Like I need that. And that's something like being called to go have a lunch date with someone who, who is really doing beautiful things in the world. Like that is actually what supports my biz. And so these things, right? We live in a society that has a very masculine biz model. And so if we do not question how we set up I call them our systems for self-bossing. A lot of the work that I do with, with clients is setting up your self-bossing system. So literally, like macro, micro, the macro of like, what's your annual vision? What's your desired feeling? Where are we headed? And then the micro is how do you spend every minute of your week? Right? Like, how are we really being potent with our time? And the the networking and 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 just like connecting with humans is huge, huge, huge. Kind of like we're saying, right? Of like you being called to this. This, I don't know. I want to learn more about what program you're doing. And the times that I've invested in things and facilitated them, like it's just a yes. It's just a yes in your body. It's a yes. You just know, here we go. And I think that this is the same for like the networking for me, just the connection. And, and oh, what I was going to say about a masculine biz model is that we have this belief, especially for those of us that are service based online businesses, that we're only in our biz when our fingers are on the keyboard. And yeah, that's true. Like if, but also, you know, even if you're a copywriter and your actual product is words that you've typed with your fingers, you're not going to come up with them unless you have the steamy shower or you go on a walk in the woods or you watch a really funny movie or you eat the most amazing chocolate that makes you think about the poetry of chocolate. Like we need these things in our life, you know, like we need these things in order to do the work. And so I think what that exercise has really helped me identify is that I am working and calling in and nurturing what I want and, and um, supporting my biz, even when I'm not like, I'm writing a, pl- a business plan, you know? So, so really bringing so much value and intention into connection, which is very exciting for me when I had that discovery because I love doing it. But sometimes I'm like, no, I need to do my marketing plan and like, da, da, da. So that's been a really huge thing. And then the other thing is, you know, again, with 80, 20 or zone of genius, um, we're also just asking what can you not outsource, right? What cannot be done by your team? Networking, connection. Like I, I run a, I, you know, I run a, a biz with a team, but ultimately I'm still a facilitator. So the connection, it's me. It's all me. I want to do that. It's also just fun. Um, but also product creation, launching, uh, downloading, receiving, inspiration, intellectual property, sourcing, curriculum, like all of this, right? Like that happens content that has to be done by me. I'm not going to outsource that. That That's truly like the magic. That's the medicine. We're really recognizing that's it. Those two things are it, the connection, then the like creation really. And so what that's helped me with is when I get lost in the nuance of someone needs me to edit a post or someone needs me to do this one thing, but that's actually not even, yeah, fair enough if I can get to it, but it's not my priority. And so that's been really, really helpful. So I think just really, if, if, if you do nothing else, like just asking what can't be, what can't be outsourced, what truly needs to be done by me. And then of course the question is, does it bring you joy? And does it, does it move your business in the direction you want to be going? I love that we're speaking to this idea of managing your energy in your business and the exercise you shared is so helpful. And I love that within it, you bring us not into just what moves the needle profit wise, but what moves the needle in me as a being, what brings joy, you know, what makes me feel alive. I think it's so important. 
Totally. And I think, again, if we don't question things, we're just going to replicate other businesses. We're going to replicate a very masculine 24 seven biz model. That's just, I mean, you know, Elisa Vitti speaks to this, like for those of us with full and, you know, like we have a 24 hour, sorry, sorry, sorry. We have a 28 day hormonal rhythm, right? Where business is based on a 24 hour, like it's very much based on male biology. And I think that that's, I mean, that's just like, we literally burn out back to the whole, you gotta, you can't harvest every day. And I think looking at, yeah, what brings you joy? It's also just like, we can go get a job if we want to just do things that don't bring us joy (laughs) and probably get paid for. (laughs) If you're, if you're not spending time on things that bring you joy in your biz, I say, Get, get some support. And I've been there. I've been there. There's no shame. I've been there. I've been, you know, this was me when I was leading four or five retreats. I remember flying, I was flying to Norway, to Oslo to teach. And on the plane, I remember just thinking, I'm done. Like, I need to miss this. I need to miss yoga teaching. I was teaching a lot and really, you know, Morocco, Spain, like Greece, Norway. I was going very beautiful, sparkly places. And yes, I did enjoy it in moments, of course, you know, meeting great people and all of this, but it was a bit much. I was, I wasn't honoring my body. And so really got that message that I needed to miss it a little bit. So I think if, you know, if, if you or anyone is feeling tension in, in the way that you're showing up for your biz or this pressure of like, I have to do this thing because it's a thing you do, because the influencer that I follow said, these are the seven steps to a viral campaign or whatever. And it like feels shitty to you. Like my question is, does it bring you joy? Do you know that it's going to be the support that your business needs to get the numbers where you want them to be? Um, and just a question thing. There's no one way to do business. Of course, I have methods. I have, I just released something called Ritual for Riches, which is my notion template around how I do my financial forecasting and how I do of my launch timeline and how, again, like how I can know, okay, wow. Yeah. This month, my team is making more than me and that's okay because I'm in between a launch and next month I, this will be my revenue or whatever. I'm able to really, really see it. So to answer your other question of how, of what do I delegate? So I've now said connection and creation are absolutely never delegated. That is all me, right? So what do I delegate? Every other damn thing I can <laughs> as much as possible, still learning. I think I, I, I could delegate even more. I think there is, you know, for those of us that have that kind of dance with investment and it feeling a little scary or lack, like I do think you have to invest from who you want to be than where you are. You have to invest from where you want to go than where you've been. Because if we keep making decisions based on where we've been, we're going to keep living how we've been living, which is fine if you love your life and everything's hunky-dory. But if you want to grow and you want to, um, you know, you want to grow as a human and as a biz, we have to really make growth-minded decisions. And it's really hard to get out of that lack mindset. It's really hard to get out of scarcity. You know, and I think that whether it's a healer or a space holder or a really good run or whatever you need to really get in that positive place of belief when you make decisions and investments. So I know for me it's it's Anytime I get a little sticky with hiring someone or, or purchasing something, I just close my eyes and I think, where do I want Workroom to be? You know, like if I want Workroom to be this juicy seven figure business that's just supporting incredible women that work for me, like I would love for them to be full time with me. What would I need? I would definitely need a multiple seven figure biz. Okay. If I'm running a multiple seven figure biz, would I hire a copywriter? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Duh. 
seven figure, like I need to have like very great writing. I need to have, of course, it's just so obvious. So I think, I think really making sure that when you are sitting down to make those decisions, you're making them from your vision, not your pain point. And that's obviously, duh, the thing that activates us is pain. Like a growing pain does move us into action. So I think it's like giving ourselves space for that. Yes. So to answer your question, I delegate a lot of things and a lot of things that I love doing actually, but they're just not my, they're not my zone of genius. I have a beautiful um, director, graphic designer um, who does magical work for me. She did all of Work Womb's brand identity. She runs a company called Lunaria Design. Shout out Daniela. I've worked with Danielle Kreef, like I mentioned, who does beautiful copywriting. She's such a poet. I actually got her info from Hillary. Hillary is the one that connected us, our friend Hillary Pearlson. I have a bookkeeping team. Um, I use an awesome bookkeeping software and team called Bench. Happy to give an affiliate code. I have a discount. They're fucking amazing. What I also love about them is they have their own app. So it's just like very pretty. As someone who is a nerd, like I want to see my numbers all the time, but I don't want to be in QuickBooks. I want to look at pretty things. <laughs> and so yeah, they have, they've got all that and you can text them on the app. Like you get, it's amazing. Like th- there's a reason I'm an affiliate for them. They're the best. So they do my bookkeeping. I have a lovely woman, Iris, who does my taxes for tax time. She's not currently taking clients, but bench is for taxes. Um, so she, I work with her annually for tax return. And then just like throughout the year when I have random questions about quarterly estimated or something like this, or like my escort, I have a lawyer that I just, um, again, everybody that works for me is 1099. So I don't have any full-time employee. They're all at some people I have monthly retainers and containers. Some people it's just hourly ad hoc. It just depends on the, the kind of scope of their, I also have an assistant. I have a virtual assistant, McKinley Ropers, who does really everything. Sometimes I'll be like, can you, ha- can you buy me a recyclable, rechargeable lighter for my candle? Can you buy me stamps? And can you edit my newsletter? <laughs> like she does all the things. How do you find a person like? Oh, McKinley. Okay. I was her camp counselor 10 years ago. This is what I mean. Connection, right? Like th- this is someone I knew. She's. Um, someone I really knew and liked and trust. And oh my God, I didn't even remember. She actually sublet my apartment when I first moved to England because she was coming to Kansas City to live with her girlfriend. Isn't that funny? Um, and then I just saw on Instagram that she had become a virtual assistant. It was the same time that my assistant was moving and kind of moving on to other work. And I kind of knew I needed to look for someone. And McKinley, she was newer to virtual assisting, but I just knew that I trusted her she grew up unschooling. She's queer. Like we just have similar values where I was like, okay, we're going to vibe. Like even if this person has to like learn a new software or something, you can't like teach trust or you know what I mean? Like you can't like manufacture that. I just knew that she was great. So I was like, let's go. And luckily she was, she was on board. Who else? Sam's Samantha. Oh my gosh. I can't say your last name, girl. It's, it's Greek. (laughs) Aravupoulos. <laughs> She's probably going to laugh if she hears this. Uh, but she runs Aero Studios, a social media agency. And she, she and Daniela are why my Instagram is pretty. <laughs> if it was just me, it would be like once a month, I would post like a double chin picture while nursing my daughter or something. She does social strategy. And we don't have like a full package where she handles... So I want to speak to this and maybe you have something to contribute to someone who works in social. I had a lot of blockages about outsourcing social because I've all, you know, I've always done it. It's always been me. I'm like, wait, that's weird. Because again, bring it back to my 20% connection. 
So I'm like, why would I, why would I outsource connection when that's, I mean, it's a marketing, you know, avenue, but also it's like fun. I want to connect with people. I want to comment on people's cute baby photos and new tattoo. Why would I outsource that? And so when negotiating our package and contract, I really communicated like, I don't actually want you to do DMs. You don't even have to ever look at them. DMs are dead to you. Those are my domain. And so the things that are really, really, really fucking hard for me right now are like posting regularly. Even if I, you know, sit down and batch and schedule, like that's not, it's not where my time goes. You know, in this season of my three hour, if I have a three hour workday, two, you know, at least two of those hours are going to be in session, facilitating mom club, something, right? They're going to be vecting and creating. And so Sam and I have a monthly meeting where we sit and we talk content. I'm still very much creating most of the content. But she's the one editing and adding the font and doing all the juicy hashtag research. And like, she's really implementing, which is so, so, so amazing. So I just want to say this is something I talk a lot with clients about. And I rather I hear them talk about a lot is like, Oh, I don't want it to be like, dishonest or like, I don't, what if I don't like the, you know, there, there's a lot of fear around it. And I just want to say for social or for anything, like only do what feels right. Like with my virtual assistant, I don't have her in my inbox replying to people as me. That feels dishonest in this season of my biz doesn't quite feel right. But we use Cloud HQ, which is like a label sharing software. So if I get an email from someone asking me about being on their podcast, I can drop that email into the McKinley label. She, and then she'll get access to that email. And then she'll read it and reply as herself. She'll reply as my assistant. So she can still help me with inbox flow. But I'm not just like giving everyone access to all my things. And I just sit back and I lose all like, connection. You you know what I mean? So I think, is that it? I have an amazing photographer, Riley Blanks, who runs Woke Beauty. Oh my God, Woke Booty. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Woke Beauty. um, Beautiful, beautiful photography studio here in Austin. She's helped with all my visuals. I mean, the list goes on and on. I have a great hairstylist, a great massage therapist. We have a house cleaner. I'm probably forgetting lovely people. Oh, mom club. I have um, a magical, she's basically my assistant. We call her the mom club concierge. And she does all of the admin and all, she's so amazing. She does hours and hours and hours a week of helping me with the behind the scenes of mom club and nurturing members and just like crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. So again, I have time to record content. I have time to connect with people because that is what I, I mean let's be honest, just like what I want to do. But it's also that's, that's the magic, you know, that's like where I kind of avoid the word should, but I, I think that's a really a big opportunity for me to spend my time that way. I definitely want to comment to what you said about content. But I do want to clarify the person who runs your community. That is so invaluable, because I've run online, I've ran online courses. And I know just how much back end stuff it takes to maintain a thriving community where, you know, just even within a container of programs that I've run. And uh, how did you find that person? How did you know that is the role that you need? Do you know who it is? I thought I told you. It's Amanda. Amanda Roberts. Oh, wow. Hi, Amanda, if you're listening. I love you. Yeah, I thought I messaged you about it, but maybe I didn't tell you what how she was helping me. Yeah. So this, so Amanda did some work for Ksenia. It was my intern that found me on Instagram. I love this. Breakfast criminals back in the day. I love it. And so then things evolved. Um, she reached out, so connected with me via Ksenia. And then Amanda ended up coming on my 
yoga retreat in Greece and doing a little bit of work for me. So I got to kind of see her work style and how amazing she was. And a couple months ago, she posted something beautiful on Instagram. And I was like, Hey girl, how you doing? Like she's, she's in art history, um, grad school in London. And I was like, when, when can I just poach you and hire you for my team? And she was like, well, we should talk. And I had no idea what I wanted to hire her for. I just like her. I know she's such a fierce, like she has such a brilliant mind and works so quickly and is like awesome. And so we jumped on the phone and it turns out like her whole, all of her work. And I think her thesis is on like maternal labor and like the invisible load of motherhood and work is about motherhood. And it was just like in that moment, a parent, oh my gosh, I need you for mom club. And I think that's also something I want to speak to. Well, first of all, thank you for connecting us. And back to you never know, right? Like you never know where the connection is going to come from. And I think something else that can feel really daunting when you're growing a biz, especially if you're growing a pretty lean biz is, oh my God, where do I find someone? Do I have to like, is it LinkedIn? Where do I find the right copywriter? Where do I find the right thing? And you guys, I always hire from referral. I always hire from relationship. I have never once put an ad out anywhere. Um, I've put an ad in my stories. I've been like, hi, looking for a designer. But here's the thing. If someone's already in your orbit... And and maybe this wouldn't be true, obviously, if you had a new biz that didn't have social, you couldn't post on your social, but you could still ask all your best friends if they know someone. And I always, 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 always hire from relationship. And I think if someone's already in my orbit, if they're following us, just like, you know, like Amanda was following you and was drawn to the work you were doing. So that was really natural for her to reach out to you and probably natural for you to say yes, because you knew she was kind of already on board with like your ethos and your culture. Um, and I just think starting with people, you know, you know, and I think for me, I've really assembled my dream team. Like when we have team meetings, I'm just like, Oh my God, I get to hang out with cool ass people. This is fun. We're like, yeah, it's so fun. You know, it's so interesting. I was just thinking about Amanda driving yesterday. I was thinking about how amazing she is and um, really not done much on Breakfast Criminals. There's some content that lives on, on the website that's been created in the past couple of years that is affiliate content that still drives quite a bit of traffic and revenue, but I haven't posted anything new. I haven't kept it alive. And I was like, I wish I knew how to keep Amanda busy because she's so amazing. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that yesterday, like all of a sudden, and now we're talking about this. But so for me, the pain point is not so much finding the people. I'm really lucky to have incredible people in my universe, but it's managing and keeping them busy because I I am so like, I'm, I'm a manifester. I'm self-starter. If something comes to my mind, I need to do it now. I'm pausing everything. I'm not going to wait to talk to someone. And to me, managing people has not been a place of expansion and joy up until this point. And I know there are ways to do it with, to grow a thriving business without needing to manage a lot of people. You know, Jenny Blake, who wrote the book Free Time, she has delightfully tiny team. That's the language that she has around it. She only has like a couple of people, including herself, working part-time for her own business. And I think not all of us are made to manage people. I'm not naturally made to, but that's definitely an area I would like to get better at. So if you have any tips? Yeah. Well, I think ultimately, like most of us don't get into the thing we're doing because we want to manage, right? And I think that's always an issue when we're looking at scaling. There's ultimately a point in which it's like, okay, you know, my husband's a therapist and his way to scale, he can raise his rates or he can hire associates, but then he's now becoming a manager of therapists. He's no longer, I mean, he is a therapist, but his work, way he spends his time is not 
in a therapy session, it's in a session managing employees. And I think that anytime we scale, like bigger, it's not always better. You know, I mean, that's something I really think we should all ask ourselves anytime we're reaching the next question, right? We like reach that level and we're like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to see, do I bring someone in? Da, da, da. And sometimes the answer is raising your rates, you know, and not about bringing in one more person. And I think that what's coming to mind for me, Ksenia, is capacity. I know you. I think you're someone who's a, you're like a sprinter, like versus, you know, sprint versus marathon. I think you like go all into something and, having a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say below you. I don't mean that energetically, but I mean, people who are crossing your T's and dotting your I's for you, it can feel like it slows you down. And I think the difference for me in this season of biz is it speeds me up. And so I think people who need help, they know, you know it, you get the signs from your body, you have the, the stuff's not getting done, you know, and maybe you're not someone who like needs um, a team around creation, but maybe you need a team around bookkeeping. You know what I mean? Cause you're like, all right, let's get all that stuff done. So when I do get the muse does show up, I can sprint with her. I can like hold her hand and run with her and not be bogged down by shit. I haven't paid quarterly estimated because I have a team doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that bringing in people to support you in the areas that are, that also aren't as like, time sensitive or, or I mean, they obviously quarterly estimated taxes are time sensitive, but maybe not like content really related or yeah, I have a ton of Slack messages from my team every day and I have that time to respond, but, but they're all moving the needle on things that are, are important to me. They're very important to me. It's why I've hired these people. It's just about, yeah, it's like a kind of that ritual, you know, of every day knowing, okay, for 30 minutes, I'm going to be responding to all these peeps, but also they're all doing that. They're all collectively doing, you know, one to two hours of work. There's a full work day that I don't even have that they're going to be doing. Now we're at time. I'm going to let you go in a minute, uh, but I did want to reflect on content. I think you do such a beautiful job of showing up energetically. And even the work room is no longer your name. You still, I can still feel the energy of you showing up and you making that powerful decision. Okay. I'm going to get some strategic support some like design support for my feed, but I'm still going to do this myself. I'm going to show up in my DMs. I can really feel it. It creates this magnetism and it creates that direct connection to you that I trust brings people into your universe. So, and it's not like that for everyone, you know, just like you were just speaking to hiring a team and outsourcing, same with social media. There's no formula that works for everybody. It's really tapping into each aspect of it and saying, okay, what feels expansive? What feels like that decision from future me instead of the past me? And honestly, it makes my day when I open my Instagram feed and I see your reel, like totally blowing up, talking about something really funny about motherhood and business. Um, you oh, thanks, love. You know, it's funny how social media is such a, it's such a fun experiment of energetics because I find that anytime I make a reel or content on something I should like, Oh, I have a launch or I should do the thing, or I need to make sure I mention this one thing versus just like, haha, this would be funny. Let's do the funny thing. Like it's all, those are the ones that do well. Because again, I'm having a good time instead of it being something I should do. Because ultimately, again, I work in a service-based business. I mean, I have a few lovely products. Please go check them out. Um, but the bulk of my work is service-based and people need to vibe with my energetics to work with me. So if I'm creating content that's just like fun, mm -hmm. people are going to... And literally play is one of my business values for work wombs. So that's been really helpful for me to just like bring that more. And also having Sam help me on social 
has helped me play more because she's kind of crossing some of the T's and dotting the I's so that I get to spend my energy on like what would be like super fun to do today. Celebrating you, celebrating Ritual for Riches. You've been in my experience, someone who's been just always so organized and proactive and empowered around money. You were actually the one who initially introduced me to Factora and I just finished the course and I'm about to do a solo episode about all the mind-blowing things of how that completely changed my money world and my life. And I'm so excited that you have that as a product so that people can get a glimpse into your brilliance, into your genius without that one-on-one time with you and just do that in their own space, light their own candle and and sit down with things that are important to them. So what are... What are the best ways for people to find you, to connect with you? I know we've kind of thrown out Work Womb and Mom Club and Ritual for Riches. What's the best way to connect with everyone? And what's like a secret message that everybody who listens to this can send you? Oh, well, I love a good Instagram DM. It'll be me. I love an audio message. So Work Womb is my website. It's my handle. It's all the things. And that's kind of my favorite way to be, to communicate is Insta DM. And ways to work with us at Work Womb. So Mom Club, this is, this is our magical community. It's our membership. I love, love, love showing up because it's just like, it's my greatest truth right now is holding space for the tension between motherhood and bizhood and real with all of it. So the Mom Club is a monthly membership and it's just as, as it feels aligned. You can join and stay for a hundred years or you can join for one month and then cancel after 30 days. So it's really flexible because that's what we need as mothers. <laughs> and it's really fun. We have a theme of every month. We have um, a live biz coaching call, much like my mastermind circles that I run. We have... My favorite thing that I do is I create and record a ceremony, which in some ways is kind of like a little baby podcast. And there's there's breath work, there's poetry, there's a beautiful ceremony journal that comes with it that my desi- designer helps co-create. And the intention is that I'm recording this podcast in a closet right now. (laughs) And the intention is that as a mama, you could literally go into a closet, close the door, be alone for half an hour and connect with yourself and connect with your body and have this moment of holistic focus on call it your body, your baby and your biz. Not all, some of our babies are 19, you know, and some of us have multiple kiddos, but it's this opportunity to really weave all of these parts of our life together. Your kid has the flu that does affect your launch. And and when you have a really stressful week at work, that does affect what you make for dinner. Like these are all impacting each other. So mom club is just like the community I wish I always wish existed. And here it is. So that's mom club. And then my mastermind circle, which is a deeper dive into strategy it's a bit of like a little business incubator. So there's a curriculum that we walk through to help support you getting really aligned in your values and connecting with your magic, your mission and your message so that you can, you know, go big, make bank, live your Fly dream. high. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I do have spots for the occasional mentorship client. I'm, I'm booked up right now, but um, there's a wait list for that. So workroom.com for all the things. Work woman on Instagram. Haven't seen you on TikTok yet, but secretly hoping that one day things will get cross-posted over there. We'll see how that goes. And as we wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? You know, I guess I'll just come back to this retreat that I went to and these messages that I received around 
it being really normal to struggle. And I think that it's really easy to look at other people's businesses and, you know, someone has a six figure business, a seven figure business, a seven figure launch. Right. And we're like, Oh wow. They're just literally drinking martinis on the rooftop and I'm scrubbing vomit out of the carpet. Cause my kid has the flu. Like, like there's a way to kind of victimize or self-flagellate or assume that just like everybody has it better. And I, just, I have the the privilege of working with so many biz owners of a great net worth <laughs> and all of us are human. And I just really want to say that as someone whose kid literally just had the flu and just that humanness of, wow, I had, I was so organized with my content calendar. I had all my meetings set up and then I didn't sleep for a week. And then I caught a tummy bug and just recognizing that that is why I work for myself so that I can push a launch back. And And ultimately for me, it just comes back to compassion and kindness, whether you have a kid or not, ways in which we're like just pushing ourselves to be so hyper-productive all the time and and to transcend our humanness. It's like we have bodies and they need us. (laughs) They need us, but you know, when we don't have the flu. And just remembering when you're setting up your biz and you're deciding how you show up for your work, that you're bringing that really, really, really kind self-bossing into the mix. Building kindness and compassion into your business and remembering to bring your body on the journey. Abby, this was such a gift. We went so many places I would have not expected. And thank you for doing what you do and for modeling being a real human, but also an excellent human in the world. And um, I hope to see you in Texas soon. Yay, I cannot wait. I love you. Mm, Cheers. Cheers, love. If this episode spoke to you, make sure you check out episode 71 with Abby. I find it to be a very helpful exercise to, when you resonate with someone, go and explore where they were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. How are they expressing themselves? How are they speaking about their business? And it gives you this full trajectory of what's possible. Because at any given time, there are so many possibilities and so many directions in which you can take your creative self-expression in the world and take your business. And I find that listening to how other intentional, creative, successful people have done it, not necessarily gives me a blueprint of what's possible, but it gets my brain working in the direction uh, that reminds me of my own unique way and my own unique path. So may this conversation and may episode 71 remind you to trust what feels right in your body, to trust what feels expansive, and to trust to follow your own joy, believe in yourself, and invest in yourself. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on XeniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.